It was the deepest, darkest Africa that I first heard the legend of Pasembi Kinston. And before you call me racist... Racist? <clears throat> to be fair, we were in the deepest mine without torches, and it was night. I had decided to take a sabbatical to Africa after the incident of... 98, and was researching a link between small marsupial-like creatures and early man, which, to be honest, is how I came to be in that mine on that fateful night. The cave was a limestone formation, betraying the long history of the place in its fossilized record. All kinds of long-dead creatures had left their impressions on the wall. My guide Rupert seemed skittish that evening. This is a bad place, sir. We shouldn't be down here. Nonsense, man. This is a place of extreme interest for the world. Why, if I'm not mistaken, here is a fossilized uh, half-fish, half-walrus. They'll have a field day with this at the National Institute of Science. Bad things happen here. Strange things. They say there is a man down here who knows a deep, dark truth. A truth that drove him so mad he descended here to escape the world. Really? I must admit my interests were piqued. What could this man's secret be? As a studier of all things, and having heard most secrets possible, usually they turn out to be quite mundane. Tracy has a secret baby with Thomas in accounting, or Bill's stealing money from the till to pay for his mint addiction. What could send a man so desperately insane that he would descend to the ends of the earth and his insanity? Have you ever heard of the legend of the Persembi Kinston? Uh, no, not really. Here, let me pull out my little uh, notebook of local legends. In the dark of night, when the wind is down... So, sorry, sorry, just one second. How, how do you spell Pasembi? Just then, my guide Rupert <gasps> jumped in shock. We could hear the sound of someone approaching down that long mine shaft. It's him, the madman of the mine. Don't be silly, man. It's probably my manservant, Man Higgs, with the torches. He'll shine a light on things. It wasn't my faithful servant there. In the dark of the cave came this wizened, wrinkled creature of a man, like some sort of before picture in a Nivea advert. He ambled towards us, one leg dragging behind him. We must run! Run! Rupert was gone, leaving me behind in the dark with this creature. Bravely, carelessly, I stepped forward. Sir, I have been told you hold a terrible secret. The man nodded slowly. A, a secret so scary it drove you mad? He nodded again, his leathery skin hanging loose to his body in an effect something like a small child wearing their father's corduroy trousers. Unburden yourself, sir. Set yourself free. Just then, he opened his mouth and with a whispery voice said, The all-new Masembi Kinston Show. Which, to be honest, was a little perplexing given the situation.
is no use. The Russians have us surrounded. By nightfall, men, we will be overrun. It's like they know our every move. Hey, I hate to say it, but perhaps we have a spy amongst us. Perhaps we have a little rat in our rank. Perhaps it is time to put out some uh, rat poison, so to speak. Don't mind me, lads. Hi, uh, Hitler. Oh yeah, hold to the Hitler. Here, Captain, we weren't expecting you. Oh, please. Heinrichy, mate, just call me Davo. Thought I'd have a little goosey. How's it hanging? You always say such confusing things here, Captain. How, how's what hanging? This the showing the new dealio on the plans, eh? Uh, these are a uh, new offensive, yeah. But they are for the general and the Führer's eyes only, Herr Captain. Oh, go on. You reckon I could have a quick squeeze? Nine. Oh, it's no fucking furries, Mado. It'll just take a moment. Geben Sie the plans. What's up, Heinrich, mate? You've come over all queer. I am beginning to wonder about you, Herr Captain. Oh, keep your hair on. Wonder about me? You should be wondering about that old no-balls Goebbels. Mate, the man's batty. The other day, I caught him giving me such a dirty look. I thought, ooh, here we go. Ever since you have come to be stationed here, Herr Capitan, I would think Davo, that... please, mate. Yes, whatever. Davo. Uh, we have not had a successful campaign. With you looking here, looking there, taking a little pixie. Heavens to Murgatroyd. I know, mate. You calling me a spy? I think I have found my rat. You know what, Capitan? I'm not sure you're even a man. Okay. You got me fair cop. Really? I'm an Australian woman posing as a German captain. You're loopy. Loopy? What is is loopy? You're two sheets short of a tin shed. Uh, all these words, they, they, they do not make sense to me. Look, I know. Mate, I reckon you've not had a proper night's kick the last three months. Why don't you have a little lie down? Perhaps you're right. This war, it, it drains me. It's like my old mum back in Bendigo used to say. <laughs> you are a spy. I knew it. No, wait. <laughs> you can't weasel your way out of it, there, Captain. I caught you. Right. For you, they will have a nice early morning firing squad waiting. Oh, Go on. No need to be a sauerkraut. <laughs> you've just said the word of the day. Congratulations, you've won a new car. What, really? Yes, shall I tell you about what I've won? The Volkswagen. It's a sublime people's motor from the wonderful country of Germany. And... Wait, which word was it? Sauerkraut? Uh, no, 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 wait a, wait a second, let, let me see. Ah, actually it was the, uh, the, 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 the word ah. On this day in history, on this very spot, no, no, sorry, sorry, actually, on this very spot, just moments after Mary, Queen of Scots, had been brutally decapitated, with a loud, large crowd watching out uh, over there, out from her garters comes her faithful dog. And on this very spot, it let out a bayful howl and did piddle everywhere. 
Later, it fell upon the third son of a baker to clean it up, and in doing so, he complained to his second cousin, who was later knighted. Thus began the Thirty-Year War. Is it Yeats? Yeats. It's Yeats. Yeats. So, okay. Yeats and Captain Yeats are on your side. You know that song? No, I don't know that song. Sunny days, let's go wherever you I'll meet you at the cemetery gates. It's the Sniffs. So, Hannah. Yes? <laughs> Why does it always fall on you? So, Hannah, what can you tell me about Yates and, uh, and uh, monkey testicles? That was a, a sentence I didn't think I'd ever say. Um, so, back in the day when people didn't really understand what was going on with aging and, and virility when you got older, um, this man, I don't remember his name, but he came up with this concept that we could transplant monkey glands, a.k.a. testicles, into human bodies and it would replace the testosterone that men were losing in their old age. So a lot of people had these transplants done. Do you know what's interesting? It's interesting. I read about this uh, after you uh, after you informed me about it. Uh, they they didn't even know about testosterone. They didn't know what testosterone was. It, yeah. it was like a blind guess. They just yeah. They're you just know. like oh testicles. They do a thing. Let's put monkey ones into people. Turns out it didn't actually do anything. But people always said they kind of. Uh, um, I think it was a placebo, really. But yeah, so Yeats in his old age had um monkey testicles how do you say his name yeats or uh, yates 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 oh yeah and just uh just for and just for uh uh, listeners at home can you give a a description of uh who mr yates was yates was uh an irish poet and playwright he died in uh the beginning of the second world war i believe he's pretty old um yeah. So yeah, I want to. I want to. Uh, I, I, I went and did a, a bit of research. I don't know how 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 good this research is, but uh, the guy who was was doing these transplants was a was a man, a surgeon by the name of Sergei Voronov. Oh. Voronov, I think yes. Um, and he uh, he was he was lauded as a, a a genius, and not only that, a he was a student of a Nobel Prize winner. And and he thought he could uh, create a rejuvenation, much like uh, people think about. Like he he was the Nivea cream of the the uh, age, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and he did all these uh, these. He would he started with like uh, just ground up testes, right? Yeah. And injected it in, but that that didn't do anything. But and so rather than think, hey, you know, maybe it's the fact that I'm uh, not doing anything. He thought, you know what, I'm going to take it a step for, further and and graft living uh, testes into the uh, into the humans, and that's where where people like Yeats did it. And, um, he came about. Um, he didn't start with animal ones first. At first, mm-hmm. he was uh, taking the the testicles of executed criminals. Right? He thought, you know, hey, let's let's try uh, let's try putting a, a, a someone who's been executed and give them give them the testicles of that person. <laughs> okay, fine. 
the the only the only problem being is that uh, there was uh, too much demand and not enough executed criminals. And you, you, bearing in mind, this is like the 1800s where they tend to execute a lot of people, right? So they they're uh, um, so what do you so it goes oh, okay? I don't I don't have uh, I don't have any um, enough uh, human criminals. You know what's like a human criminal? A monkey. And uh, so uh, he, he, what he would do is take, he'd take a thin slice of the testy, not the full testy, he'd take a thin slice and insert it into the res- recipient's scrotum in the hope that it would fuse to the, uh, the normal tissue there. Um, it, it was, uh, it, he continued doing this and uh, um, by the Great Depression, uh, he moved on to monkeys, right? Because he couldn't get enough of uh, of the cre- uh, the other species, and he and he tried a whole bunch of transplantations between animals, um, including including this one. And why does it always end up like this, right? He transplanted a human ovary into a monkey, then inter- tried to <laughs> inseminate the monkey with human sperm. Why does it always end up with like uh, tumors? Oh, I know. You know? <laughs> Man pansies. Man pansies. In my research, I found out that the Turkish president, Ataturk, the you know, founder of Turkey, modern Turkey, he had this transplant done. <clears throat> and he's quite well, a, like, after... he, to Australians, like, he's quite an important historical figure in terms of Australian history. So that's bit of a fun fact for you yeah. and also this russian guy voronov or whatever his name was um he set up his own monkey farm in the italian riviera and I, if i feel like it should still be there and i want to go hey, yeah no I, I, it'd be interesting by the great depression he had over um over 500 men had received this oh treatment. my god that's a lot but uh like a lot of things uh you know that people believe it it, it was uh it was Turns out to be fake, uh, yeah. and there was there's a book, um, a book written by David Hamilton called The Monkey Gland Affair, which essentially debunks it. If you really are interested in this, you should read the book. I'm sure it's uh, interesting, and uh, that pretty much all of this was placebo. Yeah. So uh, if you're if you're looking to uh, increase your virility, I don't know, <laughs> monkey monkey testicles maybe. Probably Viagra. That'll do. Next in line, please. Hi, I'd like to apply for the New Start allowance. Alright, okay. New Start. What was your last job? I'm an actor. I'll put down barista. Are you making fun of me? Sorry, what? Are you making fun of me? Sorry, no, 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 Hannah. That's, That's not, you're not supposed to say that line yet. No, Ben, I'm asking, are you making fun of me? What? No, 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 I'm not making fun. It's like theatre of the mind, you know? We're just going for, like, I'm setting up a scene, and it it all leads through. We have a bit of, like, back and forth, and then the punchline, you know, look two pages later, the punchline's serendipity. I don't know, it feels like you're making fun of me. Can we just start again? Okay. Next in line, please. Hi, I'd like to apply for the New Start allowance. New Start, right. What was your last job? I'm an actor. I'll put down barista, shall I? Wait, what? Well, let's be honest here. I was talking about, you know, jobs. 
you know, for money. Are you making fun of me? No, no, Hannah, we went over this. It's just a sketch. You know, it's just like a... No, um, that's actually the line there. Oh, oh sorry. I, sorry. I, I just, I got a bit confused. Uh, let's go back. Uh, uh, maybe from here. Oh, well, let's be honest here. I was talking about jobs, you know, for money. Are you making fun of me? No, ma'am. It's just part of my job. So why did you say barista? Because you make my morning coffee every day. I am a trained actor. So why are you here? I need the new start allowance. Because? I'm an actor and I'm looking for work. And why now? And I lost my job at the cafe. Exactly. Barista. Look. Let me just put that in. I'm an actor. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a NASA astronaut. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> well, by that logic, I could go around saying I'm a NASA astronaut. And the fact that I don't get paid for it or actually do the work of a NASA astronaut, the fact that I don't live in an area with, like, a very viable aeronautics industry, you know, doesn't ever need to enter the conversation. I'm a NASA astronaut. Are you making fun of me? No, no, we've done that bit already. Your next line is, um, uh, let me look, uh, oh, okay, maybe I, I'm not an actor, but you shouldn't crush my dreams, man. And then I go on to say, no, I don't have to crush your dreams, but it's one of the perks of the job, you know, and then we... You are making fun of me. No, you're, no, 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 we, and then your line would be, I'll show you who's an actor, and... Ugh, I did not have to put up with this. Hannah, it's just what's in the script. You wrote this script. Ugh, screw this. Hannah? Hannah, you, you went a little bit off script there. Um, Hannah? Uh, are you still there? Uh, well, this is a, a, a little awkward. H Hannah, come back. Uh, um, well, maybe we could still continue. Um... Uh, what if I if I record my lines, you know, and then we could add in and add in Hannah later. Um. Uh. Call that acting. Watch out! The uh, arm from the space shuttle is heading towards us. Uh, Engelbert Humperdinck, indeed. Oh, God, I don't think this is working, Hannah. Just cut to the next segment. So, uh, Hannah, what can you tell us about elephantitis? Hannah? Uh, she's gone. I guess I walk this empty street on the boulevard of broken dreams where the city sleeps and I'm the only one, I walk alone. Ah. Ah. The sad thing about that is that that song is like a decade old. Ten years. Kids are in fifth grade that weren't born when that song was released. I don't want to even think about the kids who were born when I was in the fifth grade. They can legally drink. Life 
it, it just sort of catches up on you. It's not like I, I don't listen to more current songs either. I just didn't feel like my anaconda don't want none if you ain't got buns to be an appropriate quote. Ever. Meow. What, what was that? Hey, little guy. What are you doing here on this empty street, kitty? Oh, don't you have a home to call your own? I know the feeling. I'm lost too. It's just us against the world, kitty. I shall call you Mr. Purrington. Do you want to know about elephantitis? No. I thought I could do this on my own, Mr. Purrington. But what's a podcaster? talking on their own. Meow. Yes, you're right. A YouTuber. She's not coming back, is she, Mr. Perrington? You would never leave me, would you? Give me all your money, kid. Mr. Perrington? Come on, hand it over. Papa needs some catnip. What, what if I don't? You'll find this kitty has claws. Am I supposed to be scared of that, Mr. Perrington? Yes. You're a cat. You lick your own anus. You get scared of loud noises, you know, thunder, lightning, weird faces you scare you, strange people. And when you get scared, you kind of arch your back up and walk like a crab, then run away. I mean, like, you're you're basically ridiculous. What's your point? What's your point? Uh, boom. You know, it's a funny thing. There are times in your life when you get so dramatically caught up in the monologue of your head... The internal voices that you don't even realize you're walking down a dark street at night. Not that it's scary, it's just a little disgusting. I'm pretty sure I stepped on a used condom back there. I mean, who knows what is out here on a cold night like this. Have you ever wondered, Bob? No, Clive, I don't think I have. You didn't let me finish, Bob. I didn't let you finish, Clive, but I'm pretty sure I can tell where this is going, Clive. Really, Bob? Where is this going? Nowhere, Clive. Have you ever wondered about the word Undertaker, Bob? No, Clive. I don't need to be thinking about that. It's a thought, though, Bob, isn't it? What does it mean, Undertaker? It's our job, Clive. It describes our job. It means what we're doing right now. Does it, though? Yes. But does it, Bob? I mean, I get the under. You know, we're digging and putting them under. But the taker? Clive, we've got plenty to do without you nattering away all night. The thing is, Bob, these bodies... What about the dearly departed? Those loved ones we intern into the ground from whence they came... It's Undertaker, Bob, isn't it? Isn't what, Clive? Undertaker, it doesn't, it doesn't quite work in my head, but it does describe you, Bob. Well, it's my job. Where are you taking the bodies, Bob? What? Because I can feel it when we're lowering the bodies into the ground, Bob. They're not the same weight. You've gone mad, Clive. You mean to tell me Mrs. Parsons yesterday somehow lost weight on the ride from church to here yesterday? What about the vicar last Friday? What would we see if we opened Mr. Greenaway down here? You should Bob. leave well enough alone, Clive. Oh, you're smart, Bob.
up. You got some systems switching the bodies out on the ride from the church to here. You got no business poking your nose in other people's business, Clive. I should go to the constabulary, Bob. What you're doing here is wrong, you hear me? Clive, you're just having one of your paranoias again. You don't want to have another incident like where you accused Mrs. Mancroft of being an alien. You can't fob me off again like that, Bob, with your quick talk. I know what I know, and I'm on the pills now, remember, Bob? Oh, screw it. Where am I? Bob? Bob? Bob, are you there? It's dark. You just couldn't do it, Clive. You just had to ask questions. You had to stick your nose in where it ain't wanted, Clive. What have you gone and done now, Bob? I liked you, Clive. I really did. Where are we, Bob? What is this place? The Petsomatic Pet Food Factory, Clive. Oh, oh, oh God. You're turning the dead bodies into dog food. What's happening? The price of offal gone off the chart, has it, Bob? Oh, God, no, no, don't be ridiculous. Trevor, the manager, is just a member of the club. He lets me use the space for my little projects, Clive. The club? The, the club, Bob? The train club, Clive. The train club. Oh, I can't keep your clubs in order, Bob. You t- too many of them. It's simple, Clive. Train club on Tuesdays, Tolkien on Wednesdays, Bronies on Thursdays. Why don't you let me go, Bob? I can't, Clive. It's my legacy, see? Legacy, Bob? Trains. They're my life. I wanted to leave something behind, something to be remembered by, Clive. What have you done, Bob? Most people are happy with their little gauge as an H, or maybe an O gauge. Not me. I always wanted more. You just can't get enough detail in. Even the grand scale, one to four wasn't enough. My dream is the world's first one-to-one model railway, Clive. One-to-one. One-to-one? Wouldn't you just call that a... A railway, Bob. Don't mock my legacy, Clive. I don't mock your amateur flower arrangements. I'm sorry, Bob. Why don't you just untie me and show me your model railway? It's why I needed the body, see? Model railways need model people. And it takes so much time, Clive. Modeling has taken me years. But then, there were these bodies, Clive. Nobody's using them, are they? It was a waste. All I needed was one last model. Fat man with hat being blown off. (gasps) Are you ready to take up your place, Clive? Wait, Bob. Can't we just talk about it? Oh, it looks so good, Clive. But I don't want to die, Bob. What's one life compared to a legacy, Clive? Now stop squirming. This won't hurt for long. No, Bob, no. Sphinx of black quartz, judge my vow. Wait, wait, Bob, wait. I think you said every letter in the alphabet just now. What? Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, Bob. That thing you just said, every letter. Huh. It's just something I've picked up saying. 
Wait, one second. Sphinx of Black Quartz, Judge my V-O-W, one, two, three. You know what? I think you're right, Clive. I would never have known. I was always good with my ABCs in school, Bob, you know. Very impressive, got, Clive. I got, I got a, you know, award for it. You know, I, I was ducks of my class. No, 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 stop, stop. Oh, no. Stop. Welcome to the world's largest model railway. We hope you have a tooting good time. Toot, toot. Oh, look, little winning. Don't the people look so real. Stop. That man with the hat falling off is, is looking at me funny. So, Hannah, what can you tell me about uh, the, the ovists and the spermists? Is that, did I say that right? Yes, ovists and spermists. So, uh, back in the day, before people knew about how conception happened, there were all these theories about what was going on and how babies were made, and there were two warring camps. The ovists, who believed that um, the entire tiny human was in a, in a woman's ovum and that it just needed, the sperm was like a spark of life and the baby just grew from a tiny, tiny size into a big size and then popped out. And then there were the spermists who believed that the entire, like the little humans were inside the tip of the sperm and just sort of like every man had like a hundred million babies just floating around in his testicles, I Test guess. Yeah, and, testicles, um, <laughs> And then it would just, they would go up into the woman and just one would just sort of take place and then just grow from the sperm. Yeah. They didn't think there was, it was both of them, which obviously we now know it is because, you know, contraception, no, conception happens when a sperm yeah, and well, an egg meet. They need half and half. Contraception's not going to happen. Uh, conception's not going to happen if there's contraception, you know. That's true. Um, but, yeah, so there were all these war... Like, people really, they there were heated debates about this subject. And um, a lot of it, actually, like, a lot of people who supported the ovists or the spermists, I guess, the people who opposed the ovists, the spermists, they, their biggest thing about it was that God... It was mostly religious about uh, how God would not have created every human inside of a woman, and it was decidedly anti-feminist and um, oppressive. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a it's it's kind of an interesting logical uh, um, uh, uh, the logical twist and logical knot because, like, it, it, you know. If you've got like all these tiny little babies inside inside the testes, which is a, a kind of depressing thought, you know, this sperm, these tiny babies, they're all tiny babies. Why is it that one takes over and all the others? What do they, what do all the others <laughs> happen to? You know, like and I could see like a logical stream. I go maybe that that baby eats all the other other babies. You know, like how does it work? And then the the ovists, 
the Ovis were uh, were interesting too because like here you you they clearly see that the sperm is is doing something right mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but they're just gonna go you know what it probably just it just is there and, and for some reason it <laughs> it uh, it triggers life to happen uh, it it was um well, it was I a mean, very you think about when this was happening like microscopes were only just being invented and people were only seeing these tiny pieces of life for the first time and so like they really had no clue what they were looking at they were just like oh it wiggles must do something um, yes yeah, what was interesting like the, the the part that i i got interesting have you ever heard of a homunculus you know i haven't uh, uh, okay, you know, uh, this is where I, I led, uh, you know, down the Wikipedia trail. Oh, dear. Homunculus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, it's, a, it's a worry. Um, a homunculus is a, a, it, it, it's a, like a small, a little man. It basically means it's Latin for mm-hmm. little man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, and so it's a, it's a creature from folk tradition. They're usually like kind of disfigured, horrible little things. But, uh, but actually, when people were first discovering sperm and the ovum they uh they were uh they they believed that there were uh, homunculuses in there they called them in fact they called them an uh, animalicus it's like animal class animal class you know and uh and it was a fully formed little person in there and that it would grow and this is this is kind of a a scary thought really you know because what would happen if one just started growing in the testes you know But then, like, here's the flaw in their logic. If it was a little person, like, entirely fully formed, then why, when they pop out, can they not do anything? Because surely if they've been in there for ages, like, they'd be functioning. They'd come out as little adults, you know? And uh, and so one of the interesting drawings that uh, I've seen is uh, uh, a, a drawing from 1695 by a uh, – it's on Wikipedia. You can go look it up in the homunculus section – it's a it's a tiny person inside a sperm, as drawn by a, a, a Mr. N. Hart Soeker in sixteen ninety five, and the little the sperm kind of the little person's in there, and he's sort of like like making a ball of his body, his knees tucked under his arms, and then as he as he becomes more of a person, he sort of like elongates and and he has sort of a, 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 a like a weird thing on his head. You know, which is like the sperm tail, I guess, <laughs> and that becomes kind of like his hair. You know, uh, it's a, it's a very interesting. Well, thank thank you for bringing that uh, to our attention. Remember, sins may all be arisen, thy in nymph Ophelia fair. Thou now, you soft action of name, the loose and awry turn currents. There regards this. With moment and pith of great enterprise, and thought of cast pale, though with the o'er sickled, is resolution of hue native, and the, the thus and all of us cowards make does conscience thus of now not we. <clears throat> Thus of not know we that others to fly than have we ills those bear. Rather make us and will the puzzles returns traveller no born whose form country undiscovered. The death after something of dread 
the that, but life weary under sweat, and grunt to bear fardels these who would who but can bear with make quietus his might himself. He, when takes unworthy the of merit patience that spurns the and <clears throat> who, who he, when takes unworthy the merit of patience that spurns thee and office of insolence, the delays law the loves this despots, sorry, the delays law, the loves despots of pangs, consuming man's proud wrongs oppresses, the time of scorns and whips the bear who would for life long so of calamity make that respect there's pause must give must coil mortal this of shuffled have we when come may dreams what death of sleep that in for rub there is there a dream to perchance sleep to sleep to die to wish be to devoutly consummation a tis to hair is flesh that shocks natural thousands the and heartache the end we say to sleep abide and more no sleep to die to them end opposing uh, by and troubles of sea uh, uh, against arms take two or fortunes outrageous uh, of arrows and slings the, the suffer to minds the innovities whether question the is that be too not or be too okay. thank you uh i think we had something wrong there oh oh sorry i'm, I'm not myself today i'm all backwards hey <laughs> <laughs> actually i kind of find it funny sometimes i think if you took a uh a class of school kids in your audience and on you're able to do like you're able to do the entire Shakespeare play backwards which is actually quite hard uh about I reckon about like 60 percent and I might be being a, a little bit uh generous to the students here uh wouldn't even notice that you're doing it backwards <laughs> I mean he goes I, I want to put it as a grant proposal can someone um put uh put on richard the third but after like the first act you just do the first act backwards you know ending in 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 a in a glorious york of sun this and by summer glorious made discontent hour of winter that is now and the lights go down everyone <laughs> cheers and they all walk out going thinking i i don't didn't understand that and it's pretty much the same thing as most of the school kids in uh who, who've gone to Shakespeare yeah. uh, ever do. I, I, I don't know. Did you ever do Shakespeare with a school audience? No. 
Although, uh, my good friend Lucy, who you also know, uh, every time we saw Shakespeare together in New York, she fell asleep. <laughs> every time. Every time? Every oh, time. Yeah, that, oh, she wasn't okay, getting no, no, enough no. sleep, clearly, but just I every guess. time. And she would snore, and it was hilarious. Yes, I, I can, I can me, just imagine not you. for anyone else. You know, the actor, he's in, in uh, uh, you know, Romeo. Romeo, wherefore out there, Romeo? And then in the, the audience, it's like, you know, like coming in. And it's doubly worse because Lucy's like English, you know. Like, like yeah. hey, if you're going to, you, you know, what's England good for if, it, if it's not the, uh, uh, if it's not Shakespeare? Because, you, you know, you don't want to really focus in for the rest of the world to know, think about like colonialism, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just forget that whole whole bit where we were trying to um, like murder you and take all of your riches. Shakespeare, you know, <laughs> Shakespeare in love. It has Gwyneth Paltrow. Ugh. She... It's a good film, though. It's just got terrible people in it. Terrible, terrible, terrible people. I always forget. You know who else is in that film? Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck is in that film? Ben Affleck it's, is in Shakespeare in Love. No one remembers that, and he just pops up, and you're just like, oh, my God, yeah, Ben Affleck's in this. You, you know, I was watching the film um, Cube and Fury last night, Nick, uh, mm-hmm. Nick Frost, Nicholas right? Frost, yeah, and in the oh. middle of it, he's having a dance Ooh. fight, right? And yes. uh, so, and this might be uh, giving away a, a spoiler. So if you're if you even care about that film, it only got fifty percent on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, but uh, in the middle, of, they're having a dance fight, mm-hmm. and uh, and a car almost runs them over. And out of the car is Simon Pegg, and he gives him a weird look. <laughs> like, and they're like, like Nick Frost is like, "What are you doing in this movie?" And Simon Pegg is going, "What are you doing with your life?" You know. Oh. <laughs> It was at this point in the royal court of King Henry VIII that Henry, having said goodbye to his wife Catherine, decided, seeing as he had the afternoon, and it was a beautiful day in 1542, that he would take a walk. This was, however, short-lived as he stubbed his toe on a ceremonial pitcher of mead. And that's why we have Christmas in December. Percent Kinson show is recorded in front of a live studio audience. If you ever want to see your loved ones again, please send money to I'm gonna transplant your testicles.